a testimony, uh, Brother Mohau, for what God is doing. I saw the car, and that one is really a car. You know, there are cars that you say, ah, for me, if this is a car, I'll buy mine after five years. <laughs> that one is really a car. I saw it on Monday after prayer, and I said, if God can still do some things like this, in these particular times, I know that my situation is too small. Your situation is too small. Whatever you are believing, God continue to believe. Amen. Whatever you are expecting God for before the end of 2021, continue yes. persisting. I always tell you that resistance it breaks. Uh, persistence breaks resistance. The devil may resist you, but if you persist, you will get your blessing and you get your miracle. So this is encouraging even to a person like me to say, hey, God is still doing things. In particular times like this, where other people lost really money, they lost jobs, they lost faith, but God is doing something, especially to a person who's sitting next to you. You know, it's so encouraging. If the testimony was coming from Cape Town, we're going to say, maybe it's the atmosphere of the Cape Town. But if the person is next to me, I, I can feel myself driving a baby. God can do it. I said it's not yet over until God said it's over. Yes. I will the Proverbs 16, subsection 10. Amen. I will try by honest to speed up because my sermon is a little bit uh, long. It's like a refresher course that I'm going to give to you or a lecture. But I will try by honest to, to break it into small chunks that are so easy to swallow. Proverbs chapter 16, subsection 10. If you're there, can you read? Then we move. The Bible says, A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresses not in judgment. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you so much, Amen. Pastor. Mine, it reads, Divinely directed decisions are on the lips of the king. His mouth should not transgress in judgment. We are talking about decisions. Uh, what is a decision? A decision is a choice. A decision is a judgment that one makes, or a choice that one makes. So I've computed five uh, decisions that one should make to excel in the kingdom of God. You may make other decisions in your family, you may make other decisions in your personal life, but these decisions are going to help you to excel in the kingdom of God. And my prayer is that whatever I bring to you may not be motivational only, but you may apply these things to your day-to-day -day living, apply these things at your workplace with your family, you're going to excel. Most of the things that we are going to give each other nuggets they are not only confined within the parameters of the kingdom of God. These are nuggets that are going to help you in your destiny, that are going to help you in your personal life. You take these things, you apply them, they are going to help you. I'm still looking for that time when someone is going to try to apply these uh, kingdom nuggets or principles. Then you call me and say, I've tried the first principle prophet, but I failed. How best can I apply or employ it to my benefit? But most of the things that I've been teaching, I've never heard anyone calling and saying, you gave me five uh, streams of income. I've tried this stream prophetic and I've hit a wall 
How best can I navigate? Which means most of those principles, they are not being used practically or pragmatically. We are just listening to them, motivational, we are motivated. We wait for another wait on Sunday. We wait for another wait on Monday. But this is my prayer, that we must start to apply these things. We've been speaking about the coming of Jesus, that Jesus is coming. Now Jesus is more nearer than ever before. His coming is more nearer than when he was preached in, uh, in 1990s, 1980s. So whatever we have to do, we must do with the speed. Because we know that, uh, especially in African context, uh, we are behind time. At 25, someone should be running a house, someone should be driving. At 25, in a normal season, like what I told you, but in Africa, because of our backgrounds, our mothers, our fathers, they failed to do it. So every time we are paying debts, the moment you get a job, your first salary, you must be paying mama, you must be paying daddy, you must be paying for the school fees of the other siblings. That's the challenge of being an African person. So that's our context. Then the second salary, the moment you are married, a cousin is coming, and a son from auntie, a niece is coming and say, I want to stay with you. That's how we are. This is our context, which means we are always behind time. Are we together? Then we now bring this things and factors uh, together with COVID-19 that uh, for the past year, getting into two years, we have failed to do what we're supposed to be doing. Someone who was supposed to be flying to China to take some consignments to sell, you can't because of COVID-19. So now, if we were behind with the 10 years, we must put two years on top, that becomes 12 years. So when the word is coming to you, you must grasp it and run with it as someone who is already late. Mm, are we together? Run with it, establish your life. Because failing to establish these principles, you are not only going to fail your life, but you are going to fail your generation. Failing to make it today is going to be a challenge to the children that are going to come. If I become a fool in this generation, my foolishness, it's not going to affect me only in my generation, but it's going to affect my generations to come. Somebody once told me that if you are around fools, maybe five fools, and someone asks you, how many people do we have of fools that are around you, and you say five fools, you will fail to count correctly. They are not five, they are six. Because they can't be five, and you are there, the sixth person being a clever person, they are a fool as well. Are we together? If around people that are of mediocrity, if they are 10 and calculate 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, you have calculated wrongly, you must include yourself there. But I pray that in this season, let God give us the heart to receive the word. Then we run with the word, knowing that there is a generation that is going to come. I told you that in this life, you are never successful until there is a generation that submits to your body. If there is no generation that is going to submit your thought, you are not successful. The person who started out and ready, yes, it's a thought that he had, and we are all submitting to the thought. In the morning before you drink tea, you go and buy urban. The person made an idea to make Coca-Cola, that was a thought. And all generations are submitting to such a thought. The person who started Mercedes-Benz, is a thought that he had, then he had to make Mercedes. And when we are dreaming, we are dreaming Mercedes. When we are driving, so we are submitting to such a thought. 
So as a child of God, you are not successful if you've got cards and houses unless and, and until there's a thought that you're going to conceive that a generation to come around with that thought. Are we together? Are we together? Amen. So I want to prophesy this afternoon. The first decision that a person should take in this kingdom for you to excel, the key word is excelling. For you to excel, the first decision is the decision to be serious with God. It's a decision. Being serious with God is a decision that one should make, especially in this time that we are living in. We are living in afflicting times, difficult times. In the times of the pandemic, some of the things that were prophesied were experiencing them. So the first decision is the decision to be serious with God. I want you to shout, I will be serious with God. So this one is not a corporate decision, but it's a personal decision that myself, I'm gonna be serious with God. My work study, I'm gonna be serious with God. My prayer life, that is the priesthood, anointing for ministry, I'm gonna be serious with God. Then my fellowship with the Holy Ghost, my fellowship with God, I'm gonna be serious with God. My spiritual growth, I must take seriousness when it comes to my spiritual growth. So it's a decision that one must make regardless of the material or family or work decadence, things that affect you, regardless of those things, regardless of COVID-19, regardless of where you are coming from, regardless of the antecedents of your villages, regardless of the salary that I'm getting, it's a decision that I must make that I'm going to be serious with God. Joshua said, as for me and the family in which God has given up to me, we are going to worship God. So it's a decision that uh, either uh, Mama Esha is there or not, but it's a personal decision that I'm going to make that I'll be serious with God. Before even I sleep, I have to study the world, showing my seriousness when it comes to the kingdom. You start to excel. When it comes to prayer life, you don't look what's happening around you. You become serious with God. When it comes to spiritual growth, if fasting contributes to my spiritual growth, I will fast to make sure that I grow spiritually. If prayer is, is another factor that contributes to my seriousness, I have to pray to God. I'm, I'm, together. I'm not going to study the word because I've been given an assignment to preach. I'm not going to study the word because I'm going to church, but I'll study the word because I want to be serious with God. I'm together. Uh, come on, somebody shout, I'll be serious with God. So number two, the decision to be transformed. Say, I will be transformed. So someone again must make a decision. If you can put these things down, they may not help you today, but they are going to help you one day when we are no longer together, you go to your notes and start to, uh, or they will help your generation. The decision to be transformed. I want you to make up your mind and decide that you are ready to replace every wrong paradigm in your life. Ready to replace every thought, every doctrine, because we are all cultured. Uh, according to where we are coming from, our societies, our communities, our tribes, they culture us. They are doctrines that comes through how we're born. 
We are born in family beliefs, maybe in cultural activities, in sankoma activities. That is the decision that I will make personally that I'm going to be transformed. There are doctrines that were deposited within us, and no matter how they came to us, I will make a decision that I'm going to be transformed. Are we together? Come on, somebody shout, I will be transformed. So you must make sure that you deal with every fault belief system that you have. No matter how it came, where it came from, and how long it has been in your mind, you must be ready to work on it. It may not go overnight, but be ready to work on it. There are beliefs that are within ourselves. Because the Bible says, as a man is thinking, so is he. Which means there is a thinking process and a thinking pattern that contributes to how we are going to excel in the kingdom of God. But you must make a decision that whenever I come on a Sunday service, the first assignment is that I must be serious with God, then I must be transformed. Come on, somebody shout transformation. So no matter how born again you are, how born again I am, there are levels of alignment that when I know I don't deal with them, or levels of paradigms that can destroy my destiny, I may be born again. But if there is a level of belief, a level of doctrine, a level of paradigm that is within my mind, they can destroy my destiny. Some of our destinies were not destroyed by the devil, but they were destroyed by how we think. God can take you out of a territory, he can take you out of a situation, but it takes a conscious decision for you to take the territory out of your mind. They were taken out of Egypt by God, but for them to take Egypt out of their mind, it was supposed to be a personal decision that was supposed to take. So God can take you from the job that you are working with as a maid and places you in Absa as a credit controller. But if your mind is not transformed, that mentality of being a maid is going to fight your destiny in Absa. Am I communicating with somebody? You may be taken from Venda. In the villages of Venda, you are placed in the Pretoria. But if you don't take out the Venda mentality, in Pretoria won't excel. That's why they all perished in the wilderness. God played his party. So it's not about territories, but it's about mind. The greatest territory that someone must conquer and someone must cover is the territory that is in the mind. If in your mind there are thoughts, paradigms, and beliefs that fight what God is about to do in your life, I tell you, you are not going to get your promised land. But I prophesy this afternoon that we are making a decision to be aligned to the mind of God. The Bible says we've been called out of every tribe. Come on, somebody shout tribe. Right. We've been called out of every tongue. Come on, somebody shout tongue. Right. We've been called out of every nation. Come on, somebody shout nation. Yes. So if you're called out of those tribes, those tongues and nations, you need again now to walk a journey of transformation to take out your tribe from your mind. Take out your nation from your mind. You take out the times from where we are coming from, from your mind. For you to be aligned in the kingdom, then you start to excel. Are we together? I said, are we together? So you know that when you are transformed, you and me, when you are transformed, it becomes difficult 
for me to associate you uh, according to your tribe. When you are transformed in the kingdom, what's record out of these things, it must be very difficult for me to associate you with your tongue. It must be very difficult for me to associate you with a, a certain ethnic religion. Why? Because we are called from there through transformation. So you yourself, through your tongue, through your, your, your nation, through your tribe, you can help a prophet to suggest where you are coming from. That's why it's easy for some prophets to suggest where you are coming from. Because the moment you walk in front of the prophet, it's easy for that prophet to tell that this person is coming from a certain place, maybe in Botswana, certain place, maybe in Eastern Cape, a certain place, maybe in Kimberley. It's very easy. Why? Because that time is still there, that nationality is there, uh, that tribal aspect is still there. But God is saying we've been called out of, are we together? So don't help us to implicate your character through your nation. Your character should be implicated by the character of Jesus Christ. We implicate each other based on our tongues. We implicate each other based on how we, we smell. We must have to smell like the kingdom that we represent. Say, I'm going to excel in this kingdom. I told you, say, I'm going to excel in this kingdom. So we have got one authorized channel on how a person can be transformed. The word of God becomes the only authorized channel that can be used for transformation. So if you are a person who is saying, I'm making a decision to be transformed, the decision does not just start and ends on transformation, it starts now on reading the world, studying the world. Don't start because you want to preach, but start because I'm in the process of transformation. Come on, somebody shout transformation. I told you, shout transformation. So, you need to start now to invest yourself in the world. The Bible says, I beseech you, O brethren, that to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before the Lord, because He is a reasonable service. Do not be conformed to the standard of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I always told you that the word transformation there is a Greek word which means a yawn. A yawn, it means a pattern or a thinking system that comes with a civilization, a thinking pattern that comes with a generation, which means every generation has got its own thinking pattern. Every community and society has got its own thinking pattern. There are territories that no matter how successful you are, if you enter that territory, you never prosper in that territory. There are territories that even if you are a cool, calm and collected Christian, the moment you enter that territory, your calmness is taken out, your coolness is taken out, because it's a territory coming together. There is a territory that if you are a Christian, the moment you enter that territory, you start to feel that there is a ceiling of my life. You start to feel the garment of heaviness. So when now we are choosing territories, I want to teach you this. You must choose a territory that is open up for God. There are territories that if a person that is assertive, the moment you get to that territory, you become sluggish. You feel like sleeping. You become so slugfulness to the extent that you no longer have the drive to life. When you left home, you say, I want to get to Houghton. But the moment you get to deep suit, you just feel like I know that destiny that I had, I think it was an error. These are territories altogether. 
But you need now to work a chain of transformation in that territory for it to be transformed. Are we together? Elisha the prophet, he was not even in the archives of prophecies that he was going to become a prophet. There were signs of prophecy that were supposed to become prophets after Elijah is gone. Elisha is just a farmer. And Elisha became a prophet uh, by the reason of famine. The man is busy plowing, the signs of prophecy are there. They are expecting to get an oil and an anointing from Elijah. Territorially, Elisha is not even hearing God. There are no uh, messages that are coming from God. But because he was a man that was ready to be transformed, the Bible says when Elijah passed by, the man of God, he saw that there is something different on the man called Elijah. The Bible says he had to break his yokes and he had to bribe all the uh, kettles that he was using to plow. Then he followed Elijah. Elijah, Elijah was not uh, meant to follow. I want to tell you one thing. Elijah, Elijah was a temperate person. He was a person who was short-tempered. That's why in the sound of the prophets, they could not get along with Elijah. Elijah was a no-nonsense person. If he says you must die, you must die. If he has to call for fire, fire must come. Are we together? If he, he, he is disturbed, he could go and say, God, kill me. I'm sick and tired of this type of ministry. So the sons of the prophets, they were looking from afar, and they said, I want to ready and transformed enough to start to work with the person with the temper. But Elisha said, temper or not temper, I'm ready to be transformed. Yes. I prophesy of my life. Yes. People may take drugs in Houghton, drugs or not drugs, I'm ready to be transformed. Yes. People may be coming poor and impoverished in Houghton, but poverty or no poverty, I'm ready to be transformed. Yes. I'm representing my generation, glory to Jesus. I'm here to build up institutions that are going to reflect my value. Ah, are we together? Yes. Number three, number three. Number three is going to be like a fresher course. The decision to be exceptionally valuable. Come on, somebody, shout. I will make okay. a decision to be exceptionally valuable. This is the decision that one must make with his or your own life. The decision to be valuable. We spoke about value and the importance of wealth value. We spoke about the importance of being exceptional in whatever you do. So as long as you live in the realm of mediocrity, that is the realm of one, competition. Number two is the realm of bitterness. Number three is the realm of envy. Number four is the realm of jealousy. If you see people that are jealousy, people that want to compete, people that are bitter, they are living in the realm of mediocrity. But the moment you start to live in a different realm of excellence, you will not compete with anyone, you will not be jealous of, of someone out together. That's why you see when people are living in places that are clustered in, and those places, they are populated with people that are to be poor, you hear a lot of gossips. Why? Because they are in the realm of mediocrity. But I want to take you out from the realm of mediocrity into a better dimension. But there is a realm that is higher than those dimensions and brain. It is called the realm of excellence in the spirit and through the spirit. 
I told you that the Bible says, how excellent is the name of God? Which means the name of God is not only gracious, it's not only powerful, but the name of God is excellent. Come on, somebody shout, the name of God. Is excellent. Shout the name of God. Is excellent. I want to teach you something. Nobody in this life will clap hands for you for nothing. They will never clap hands for you or salute you for nothing. When you see people clapping hands for you, you have presented something that is exceptionally valuable. So whenever you are walking around your life, when you see people not recognizing you, even in the family, I even you used to give examples in the family that if you are broke in the family, you'll be the last person to hear the news of funeral. Just imagine a funeral. You will hear that auntie died three months ago because you're unvaluable. People they will never recognize you. But I'm a professor of my life that make a decision that with my life. I'm gonna be exceptionally valuable. Yeah. Come on, somebody, somebody shout, I'm gonna be exceptionally valuable. You have challenging the people that we have in this cosmos. They love you, but they love themselves as well. So when they love you, you must present something for them to care. But if you can't present something, they will withhold their clapping. They will withhold their salute. If you see people who are being saluted in this time, these people, they have something to offer. Value is very, very important. Are we together? If there is nothing in my life and in your life that supports kingdom come and the betterment of the life of men around your community or within your vicinity, you will be at the lower level of life. There is nothing in your life and in my life that betters kingdom come and that betters the people that are around your vicinity, you'll be at the lower level of life. But if you want to be at the higher level of life, there must be something that people must look for. Something better, something mighty. Are we together? I said, are we together? So we mustn't live in the realm of mediocrity. We must run away from the realm of mediocrity. Are we together? Then we start now to garner for excellence. Come on, somebody shout, I'm excellent. And in your life, in your life, if you feel that you are still in the realm, because we all pass through different realms of mediocrity, I want to show you something that you must do and how you must deal with the realm of mediocrity. When you are in that realm of mediocrity and that level that is lower, when people start to clap for you, you must not end there. When people clap for you in the realm of mediocrity, you must respect them and say thank you, but you must pursue for a greater level. Are we together? Yeah. The challenge with humanity is that when people start to clap for you in your realm of mediocrity, when you're speaking of mediocrity, you're speaking of a level of failures. When people start to clap for you in your failure, you can forget to rise up in a greater dimension. The challenge with our family and our friends, they are never counted with us. They will always care for us for nothing. If you do something here, you present something here, and you mess up, the first person to say you've done right is your family member. So you must know that this is my family member. The second person is your friend. They'll care for you in your mediocrity. But you must look for genuine people in your life. Go to a hater and say, hater, I messed up. I wanted to say John 11, verse 25, Jesus wept. I said John 11, verse 25, Jesus wept. How did it come out? 
These people can be genuine enough to tell you that, man, you messed up. So next time you go up the mountain, you study seriously, and when you come back, you come to a place of excellence. Are we together? Yes. Be careful the people that are caring for you. Yeah. A lot of us, the people that are caring for us, are failures. And now we have crossed those to excellence. People that are whispering in your ears, they are failures already in your life. And they will tell you that you are a champion, you are a queen, and a king. Not that these are my family people, they are doing that out of sympathy. But I want to prophesy in your life that you are rising up to a better place. Number four, the decision to have very strategic destiny relationships. The decision that I was going to make and you are going to make. Number four, you must have very strategic destiny relationships in your life. Come on, somebody shout destiny relationships. And those destiny relationships, they must be intentional. Not only those that just happens, they must be intentional. Make up your mind and say, if I'm going to be connected, I must be connected to A, B, C, D. They must not just come while you're driving, while you're at a home. You meet someone with money and someone will just say, hi, how are you? You want to start a business? I'll help you. No, they must be intentional. Rise up in the morning, dress up yourself, look for someone who is vulnerable within a community, within your friendship zone, then go to that person, connect yourself to that person. This is intentional. Come on, somebody, shout, I will make intentional, destiny relationships. And the good part with intentional destiny relationships is that these relationships, they will help you to preserve one your value. If the just relationships are intentional, they will help you to preserve your value. Then they will challenge you to rise up to the next level of your life. Again, they will provide a leverage for you. When I have got a just relationship that is intentional, it will provide a leverage for me. When I mess up at the workplace in my relationship with the CEO, it will give me a leverage. And the CEO will just say, we forgive you, continue with your job. If I have got just relationships with someone in the home affairs, in the finance ministry, I want to start a, a, a project. I want to know. I can just call because my relationship is with someone, a CEO of a certain bank. So which means my life will be so easy. Are we together? Don't spiritualize everything. Don't go to a bank with anointing, full of power only. Then with the grace of my life, with the times, kalutu paluta, and expect to get along. You have just relationships that to become a leverage in your life. So that when you walk in that bank, tell them that I want to see Mr. So and So to open up the door for you. I will tell you that. Don't go there smearing the anointing, smearing the anointing all over your face, shining like a diamond. No, it's not going to change your destiny. Go for somebody, ask you for somebody, life is going to change. Everybody get into somebody. I said, like, we're getting to somebody. My prayer is that we may come out from that level of mediocrity. From dimensions of failure, we become successful in the Lord. Are we together? Yes. I said, are we together? Yes. So, which means all the people that we have in life, we must not categorize them. We must put them in different categories. Don't just say, oh, they are my friends. They must be five that you say, these ones. They are in my category. Are we together? Okay. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Do you know the word be fruitful? It means be rational. I'm speaking of making a, 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 a relationship that are intentional. 
So when God is saying be fruitful, he's saying be relational. You have relationships. You can only be fruitful if you have relationships. If women were going to be fruitful in terms of giving birth, they were supposed to enter into relationships. So when God said be fruitful, he's not saying, sister, listen, go and plant jacarandas, go and plant guava trees, and you get fruit. No, he's saying be relational. They have relations. Are we together? So when you have relations, because everything, everything in this life, it multiplies on the basis of relationships. If there, if there are no relationships, no multiplication. If I'm going to multiply financially, I must have relationships that are intentional. If I'm going to multiply anointing-wise, I must have a relationship with the one who is the anointing. Are we together? If you are going to have an increment at your workplace, there must be a relationship between you and your boss. Are we together? So when we categorize people, you must write down, intentionally write down five Top five men in your life that are honesty. Top five people that you can use and you can work with that are useful in your life. Are we together? Yes. And these uh, top five of people, they should be people that can give you a shoulder when things are tight. A very, a very, a very good uh, example. There was a certain man of God who had relationship that I teach now. And while he was preaching, his house got bent. While he was preaching, beautiful mansion, it got bent. Cars, they got bent. And the friend that was not even a church member saw the house being bent. Then he did what he did to try to salvage the property, but he could not salvage any property. And he came to the church and waited for his friend, the man of God, and said, Man of God, your house is on fire and it's on ashes. And the man of God said, so where am I going to go? And the man said, no, don't worry, I moved your property from Silver Lake to St. to one of my house. I've moved some of the other things. Your two cars are bent, but I'm giving you my other car. Use my car, use my house, no rent down. These are relationships that are intentional. A person that you can lean on when things are tight. Just imagine in the time of COVID-19, when people were being chasty, you call your friend and say, hey, I don't have rent, I want to come there. They switch off the phones. Those people, they must not be in top five. Are we together? Delete them, delete them, delete them. Are we together? They must be people that are cutting enough to say, man, I understand the situation. Come here. Are we together? Myself, I met friends that are FFF. Do you know? Friends that are FFF, these are the friends that we had in school. We all had friends that were FFF. Ah, uh, you don't know them. These were called friends for food. Yeah. Friends that can only come when you are eating. Yeah. These are some of the friends that we have, some of us. When I throw a party, there are many. The people that we had, at, or you know at college, People that can only come to a dormitory when they run out of food yeah. and they say, Hi, how are you? I refuse in my life to have F, F, F friends. Yeah. I prophesy intentional friends. Yes. You know that when a call is coming, this one is not looking for a prayer, yeah. he's not looking for something, he's looking for food. Yeah. When they know Excel is probably blind, I will tell you that I, my personally, uh, my God, forgive me. We are the pastor when we're growing up, don't tell me. Whenever you could hear you knocking at your door, F, F, F. 
But when there are problems, you don't find the name. You will get the past by and say, I'm, I'm, I'm rushing home. I've been called their friend that at home, but the moment you knock the door, you will not leave until you give them the food. F, F, F. But I want to promise you life. Even Jesus Christ himself, yet the 72, top 72 that he had, among the 72, he had the 12. From the 12, he had the 3. From 3, he had 1. God. So, when we say put them in categories, we are not saying be someone who is just hard to let with. Jesus, you know that he was not going to please everybody, but he needed to categorize his people. Right now, as we leave this place, I want you to go back home and start now to put top five. People that when you call in the middle of the night, they rush. You know, there are people in our life that are financially strong, that when I call for financial uh, uh, problem, they help with my financial predicaments. But there are those, again, in our top five that do not have finances. But I have finances. But these are the people that when you call around 2 a.m. or 3 a.m., they rush. Then you buy something with your money, then they give you that something for you. So you don't only need people with money in your life. You even need people that have got energy. People that have got muscles in your life. That when you call, you have bought your beautiful fridge. If you, you stay in left and the floor, and the lift is not working, yeah. you must know that there's someone that when I call, they will rush. Are we together? Yeah. They will lock you in the fridge, and they will, they will not even ask you for money. Yeah. Are we together? So these are two types of people that are going to have in life. Relationships that are going to have in life. People that when you call, you might drive in, and your car is broken. You just call. I'm not going. Can you rush? I am in in breath for my knowing. Can you come, Mama? <laughs> These are the people that you must have in life. Yeah. That to say, ah, you know, my car is broken. Yeah. Rush. They will leave whatever they are doing. They will rush to you. Are we together? So let's stop fight in life. Yes. This is the decision to have very strategic destiny relationships. Yes. I prophesy yes. uh, that I'm going to have. People that are so resourceful in my life. Ah, uh, can I prophesy like a Phillips? I said, can I prophesy like a Phillips? So now I'm like the last one. Now we are going to pray for those decisions to come to pass. Are we ready? The decision to be spiritually empowered. Say, I will be spiritually empowered. So this is the decision to be conducted and to be in a relationship with genuine power of God to the degree that empowers you to represent the purposes of the kingdom without shame. Are we together? Yeah. The decision that I'm going to make or the decision to conduct spiritually genuine power to the degree that empowers me to represent the purposes of the kingdom without shame. Are we together? You can do everything in the kingdom of God without shame if you have made a decision to be spiritually empowered. The Bible in the book of Acts chapter 10, subsection 38, the Bible says, How God anointed Jesus Christ that went about doing miracles, signs, and wonders. Which means Jesus needed to be empowered spiritually for signs, wonders, and miracles to happen in his life. He was in the cosmos, in the physical ground, 
but he made a spiritual empowerment at my workplace. I made that spiritual empowerment. Spiritual empowerment is not only for a church center, but it's in my business. I made that spiritual empowerment. Jesus, he made that touch from God for you to do miracles, signs, and wonders. That's why he said unto his disciples that traveling in Jerusalem until the Eros Paracletus came over your life. Yes. The one of the same kind. Yes. He's not only going to come, but he's going to empower you. Yeah. After you are empowered, you are going to be my witnesses. Yes. You will be uh, my testifiers. People that testify about my power, they continue to say that you will go to the uttermost parts of the world. Yes. So for me to reach Bahamas, I need spiritual empowerment. Are we together? Yes. For you to reach the marriage, you need spiritual empowerment. It does not start with the visa. Ah, it starts with spiritual empowerment. Yeah. If I prophesy you right now, and I say, I see you in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, it does not start with visa. You must now look for spiritual empowerment. Yes. If I prophesy and I say that I still establish a company in your life, it does not start with going to register a company. It starts with a spiritual empowerment. How God anointed Jesus Christ that went about with miracles, signs, and wonders. Demons were checking out because of spiritual empowerment. Except unto disciples, when he empowers you, he shall guide you. Which means when Jesus came to the disciples, he came to show them the way. Why? Because he said, I'm the way, the truth. So he was the strategy to get miracles. Jesus was the strategy to get their prophetic destination. And I promise to somebody. Jesus, he was the modus operandi, the methodology or the method or the curriculum on how to get things when it comes to the disciples. But he said it's it's not enough for you to have the methods. It's not enough for you to have the curriculum. You need to be guided in your methods. I can promise you like a And Jesus said, I'm not going to guide you. But when it comes to Holy Ghost, He shall guide you in all truth. Which means it's not every truth that saves. The devil can use the truth to destroy your life. Yeah, can I promise you like a feet? When he came to Eve, the devil spoke the truth to Eve. Except unto Eve that God knows that any day you are going to eat of the fruit, you are going to become like him. You know good and evil, and that was true, but the truth gets destroyed their lives. But Jesus Christ is saying unto his disciples that when he comes, the earth's paracletus, he shall guide you in all truth. I gave you the curriculum, I gave you the methods, I gave you the ways. Someone is going to guide you in the way. Can I promise you like a feet? Spiritual empowerment, it comes through the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is over my life, I am guided in the path of righteousness. When the Holy Ghost is over my life, I'm guided in the pastors. That's why there is saint. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me in part of righteousness for his name is sacred. He though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear not evil. For thy act with me, your watch and your staff, it can cross me. You I want my head with all my cup overflows. Surely goodness 
issue that when anointing comes over your life through empowerment, you not only feel power, but you become an influencer in your life. Get a prophecy like a fetish. You not only feel goosebumps, but you become a blessing to a generation. Your generation is looking for people that are a blessing. I told you that in this life, people do not just keep you from anything. If they are going to clap you, you must be spiritually empowered. That's why Isaiah said that the Spirit of the Lord is over my life. For yes, I don't take me that I will preach the goodness to the poor. So for me to preach the goodness to the poor, I need to be empowered. For me to preach the gospel that is in season, I need to be empowered. Can I promise like a fetish? Jesus Christ, he said the same thing in the book of Luke 4, 17. That the Spirit of the Lord is upon my life. For yes, I know that me that I may open prison doors. I know that we are in our own prison. We are in family prisons, mental prisons, financial prisons, spiritual prisons. But you need empowerment for you to break out from such a prison. I feel like pushing right now. Jesus Christ said that the anointed me that I may comfort those that are mourning in Zion. Child of God, I see that you are mourning. I put God to say you need spiritual empowerment. I prophesy in this blessing that your morning days are over. Why? Because I'm spiritually empowered. I'm sick and tired of living in but I'm rising up by making a decision to be exceptionally valuable in my life. I'm building institutions that are going to reflect my value. I'm not just going to die and be forgotten, but people are going to speak about me. People are going to read about me. Can I prophesy like a fetish in your small business, church of In this life, people of God, you may lack resources, you may lack money, but don't lack creativity. In your small business, be creative. In your small shop, be creative. I may lack people that are resourceful, but I'm going to be creative. I have to prophesy like a fish. The thing is resting on my life. It's going to empower you for greater access. Thank <laughs> you. 